0: Chapter 54 Creston Divorce Because of my consistent philandering and neglect, Mary finally tired of my escapades, informing me it was time for me to leave. I was expecting this, but hadn't thought it out yet. I spent the first night in my office in Atascadero. It was built in the 1950s, and still had the original bathtub and shower, in spite of having been converted into an office building. This could be a place for me to sleep, I reasoned. I spent one night there and decided that was mostly bullshit. It was in the middle of downtown Atascadero too noisy, too light, too busy, and too crowded. Then Barb and Earl offered me a room for free. I did some gardening for them, and Barb worked with me. During the morning hours before I went to work, I sprayed the weeds with Roundup, installed sprinklers, and brought plants from my greenhouse. One particular weekend, Earl and I were drinking before noon on Sunday. Hey, Jim, I'm bored. Do you want to go to town? Okay. "'Barb! I'm bored. Jim and I are going to town, and we'll be back in a couple of hours.' Not a discussion person, Earl announced plans to his wife, telling her the way it was to be. I suppose that's better than not sharing at all. "'No, you're not. You've been drinking too much, Earl,' she hollered back. "'It's only six miles. I drive Peachy Canyon every day.' "'You're not driving anywhere, Earl,' she said firmly, spewing more venom his way than usual.' I think this fight was about more than just going to town. She ran to the car, grabbed the keys, and hid them somewhere. Fuck you! We're taking Sassy and Dandy, Earl declared. He saddled his horse up and mine too. I was busy finding footwear. Jamming slide-on garden shoes on my feet, I pulled the half-empty plastic bladder out of the box of Peter Gallo blush wine and mounted Sassy. Walking down Peachy Canyon Road, Earl and I passed the wine bladder between us. It was dark by the time we rode into town, and it was Sunday night. We headed for Estrada's saloon. Rings on the outside sidewalk are still there so cowboys can tie their horses when they need some refreshment. Earl went in but came out flustered. For some reason, the management refused to let us in. So we checked out Pine Street Saloon, but it was closed. I guess it's time to go home, little buddy, Earl said. He called me little buddy when he felt he'd screwed up and needed to strengthen the man bond. Maybe he thought of himself as Hoss, the big bro on the Bonanza series. It doesn't matter, Earl. This is cool. Riding into town on horses, I said. Fearing we stood out, Earl snuck us out of town through back alleys. But we weren't stealthy enough. A second floor window slid open and an old woman yelled at us to quit making so much noise. Hurry up, little buddy, Earl said, urging us into a trot. About five minutes later, a police car appeared. When he stopped us, I moved the wine bladder out of sight to the other side of the horse. Good evening, officer, Earl began politely. The man got out of his car to talk. There's a steer running loose on Niblick Bridge, he said to our surprise. Niblick Bridge crosses the 101 freeway. We were hoping you two could help us round him up. Sure we can, I replied, thinking how fun this would be. No, we can't, Earl exclaimed. We're out too late already, and my wife will kill me. The officer accepted the decline, walked back to his car, and drove off. The two cowboys continued up Peachy Canyon Road on our way home. I was still carrying the wine and sipping it a bit as we went. Finally, at dark thirty, we moved the horses off the road to make our way through the barley field to Earl and Barb's house. I was walking sassy behind Dandy when suddenly I lost balance, and for some reason, my body teetered too much to the right. Or maybe it was too much to the left. I can't remember. The thing I remember is the wine bag went flying as I crashed to the ground. Earl didn't notice and continued up to the house. I tried to get up, but couldn't. Earl, I cried out. I fell off sassy and can't get up. Oh, that's why she's alone. Don't worry, little buddy, he replied. Keep yelling. I'll come for you after I put the horses up. Every half minute or so, I called out to Earl and sure enough, he came back for me. Earl is a big fellow. At the time, my weight was hovering around 200 pounds. He just scooped me up into his arms, walked up the hill to the house, and put me to bed. As winter approached, I was still living with Barb and Earl. I attended classes once or twice during the week at the Botanical Gardens, and stayed overnight with Susan in Santa Barbara. Because I was invited to ride candy bar at the gatherings, I needed to get back to Shadomir to condition her. I was a new cowboy in their eyes and wanted to show my horse at her best. I left her at my home to be with Casey, but now I didn't feel comfortable staying there. During a gathering, I ran into Webb, who owned a cottage behind Shadowmere. I told Webb that Mary and I weren't getting along right now, and asked his permission to use the cabin. He was fine with the arrangement. I spent one or two nights a week with Earl and Barb, one night a week in Santa Barbara, and the rest of the week at Webb's cabin. The cabin is very rustic, a one-room, split-level, wide-open floor plan built on a hillside. The lower level of the cabin has a small living room with a couch bed. This portion also has a dining room table and chairs, a sink, a propane-powered stove, and a propane-driven refrigerator. The upstairs sleeping area was open to the downstairs and divided by a railing. There was no bathroom. The toilet was in an outhouse 70 feet away. It was winter and the cabin was cold and dark. Filling the wood stove and getting the place warm was more comfortable when it was still light. One big problem was that the fire stove was too small and it burned out into a very cold coldness within four hours. It only took three hours if it was freezing outside and the after midnight stoking was a real bitch. I had to get up from my warm place to put wood inside the cold stove so it would be warm in the morning. Still I love the remoteness and will never forget those memories. On a full moon, I remember my foggy breath illuminating shafts of moonlight as my cold ears heard the coyotes yip, yip, yipping away. Although the cabin was only a mile from my house, it was in a remote canyon a world apart from my place on a paved road. Here the coyotes woke me up during moonlit nights. A pack started yipping, the noise growing louder until the animals spent three or four minutes swirling around the cabin, yipping and barking. Evidently, they were looking for rabbits, which I had never had a problem with at Shadowmere. The next morning, I left before sunup to make the trip to Shadowmere to have candy bars saddled by dawn. Then, we trotted and cantered out a few miles, and cantered and galloped back. I had two horses, and Janie needed one for the next gathering. I drove them over the afternoon before the gathering for a night ride around a ranch. I was riding candy bar, and Janie was on Casey. Green Valley Ranch is divided into two lower elevations, where avocados and orange trees grow. The cattle stay outside of these areas with barbed wire fencing. The rest of the rolling hills and creeks are available for the animals, and this was the same area we rode our horses. As we were passing by the central pond area, I felt Candy Bar become edgy and tense. She started walking sideways. I wondered whether she was having misgivings about the water, the waves, or possibly the noise from the waterfall we were approaching. I wanted to teach her and let her know there was no danger. I turned her around and walked along the edge of the lake, being careful not to get the horse's feet sucked into the muddy goo near the water's edge. I found a sandy berm near the water and coaxed Candy Bar to stand on it. Once she seemed settled, I squeezed my legs a bit to push her forward. I wanted to get her into the water to about the depth of her knees. Candy Bar was hesitant, so I squeezed my legs together a bit stronger and gently pushed my spurs into her which was enough of an incentive, and the horse began to move forward, slowed, and then stopped. I spurred her harder. She dropped into a crouch and jumped into the lake. As soon as we hit the water, she began swimming. I felt the water run into my boots, up my pants, and over the saddle. I was stunned and very quickly wet. I had taken the horse swimming at a ranch near my house, but not with the saddle and me fully dressed on her back. Janie was amused by my mishap. Now she had a great story she would share with anyone who listened to her during the gathering the next day. I needed a shower soon. I was getting cold. But first, I borrowed Janie's hair dryer and stuck it into my boot. Above anything, I needed to have warm feet to help me do my best the next day. I left the dryer in one of the boots too long, and every time I put my right foot into the boot, I am reminded of this incident because the inside of the boot is crinkled from the heat of the blow dryer. As I continued my three-way living arrangement, I realized Webb's cabin was uncomfortable and inconvenient. It was winter, which meant it was dark early and usually cold. I was continually awakened because of the small wood stove burning out too quickly. The bathroom was outside. The only light came from a small kerosene lantern that took a minute to fire. I called Mary to see if I could use the guest room in the barn to shower after I had ridden candy bar, and she was okay with that. After a few weeks, I asked her if I could spend the night in the barn. And she was all right with that, too, although I was not allowed in the house. In this area, folks refer to such an arrangement as a Creston divorce. Neither ex partner has enough money to set up a new household, nor does either want to sell the ranch, so deals are struck to accommodate such arrangements. End of chapter.
1: Take your love away Thank you for the offer But I can't let you stay Every time that love was given I've been the one to pay Save my heart, take your love away take your love and run let's go our separate ways before this damage done because I
0: Thank you for listening. The entire autobiography can be purchased as an old fashioned paper book or an e book, as well as an 11 disc audiobook set, or can be downloaded from the audiobook site Spotify. More details are on my website, jeadvm.com. Thank you for listening.